Welcome to the Iron Keel Collection with your host, Sean Allerton. My little story on mushrooms, written 1st of September 2021. Mushrooms, love them or hate them. What am I thinking? A whole article about mushrooms? Well, look, let me begin, because this is my little story on mushrooms. Have you ever wondered just how weird the concept of eating mushrooms is? My sister will tell you that mushrooms represent the root of evil incarnate, as being basically disgusting, funky-smelling, and slimy fungi. Which it is, I guess, growing up out of dead things. They love to grow in the dark and the damp, and basically smell of death and decay. How they sliver and slop over each other in putrefying black juices as they lay steaming on your plate. Being forced to eat something which you don't like when you're young leaves an everlasting impression on you. More specifically, not being forced to try, but rather to eat in its entirety on your plate, whether you're asked for it or not. I always encourage my son to try something new, but never force him to eat something he finds utterly abhorrent or repulsive to his palate. I remember when I was about five or so, the day my father forced me to eat a plate of slimy, oozy, overboiled, chewy black mushrooms, along with a couple of sausages with very thick skins. It was at the Army and Navy pub in Chelmsford, Essex, at the roundabout called the Army and Navy. Apparently, it used to be a it used to be a very good pub, until they closed for business back in two thousand and two. But my memories of it are somewhat tarnished. For years and years after this day, my father jokingly used to say, from time to time, or just to irritate me, by asking if I fancied some mushrooms and sausages, and thick skins. It was not until many years later when I tried a couple of mushrooms, which were fried with butter until golden brown on the surface. How they were delectable indeed. I couldn't have enough of them. How I wondered how a food can be utterly vile and disgusting, and yet a culinary sensational bonanza depending on how it was cooked. To this day, mushrooms which have been boiling away in a vat of boiling water smelling not too dissimilar to a sludgy, sewer-like smell, are utterly vile to me. Another culprit are those dried Asian mushrooms, which you rehydrate or boil into noodle soups and other stir-fry dishes. That peculiarly stagnant sort of rotten smell combined with an odd, chewy texture, as you attempt to swallow the thing whole before it hits one's olfactory senses is an experience that induces gagging. However, I came across some of the most beautiful dishes using a variety of mushrooms, particularly so in Germany and France. It takes a lot to beat Fiffelinger or chanterelles, a delicate, small, light brown mushroom, especially in a creamy, savoury sauce. The Steinpelz or Porcini mushroom is another great savoury mushroom with a delightful texture. There are many others out there. Quite frequently these days, I stroll off to my local market and buy big bags of freshly picked mushrooms which I then later fry up with garlic butter and a little truffle salt. They complement a side of spinach and a slab of thick ribeye most beautifully. 
in a nutshell, the mushroom is the most extreme food that I can think of in terms of being both a pleasant or a thoroughly unpleasant experience to eat. A few months ago, we met up with our Chinese friends during the winter months in Kaipo Forest near Adelaide. After a veritable feast of open wood fire barbecued lamb, chicken, potatoes, yams, corn on the cobs, and many other tasty morsels, it was time to go out mushroom picking in the damp, dark, and thick part of the forest consisting of closely knit young pine trees. Amazingly, no one got lost in there. Littered throughout were mushrooms, predominantly of one orange-coloured type, which was said to be rather insipid and not particularly tasty. But there were others, scattered on the forest floor. Needless to say, this is potentially one of the most dangerous activities I can think of, considering that here and there lurk mushrooms containing some of the most toxic substances known to man, lying in wait for the unsuspecting to devour. The most notorious, of course, goes to the death cap, otherwise known as Amanita phalloides. It's an innocuous-looking mushroom, which, if ingested, will kill someone in a frightfully unpleasant way over a period of a few days. There is no known antidote apart from perhaps undergoing a liver replacement. Furthermore, it is said that the mushroom is pleasant to eat, a cruel prelude to an ugly death, if I may say so. If anyone watched Clint Eastwood's 70s cult movie, The Beguiled, will know about this mushroom's notoriety, although it didn't explicitly mention this specific mushroom. A thoroughly gruesome way to depart from this sublunary abode, which is why I never had the confidence to pick them. Whether you can any more these days, but I remember whilst living in France for a short spell that he can take your pickled mushrooms, or sorry, your picked mushrooms, to a local pharmacy and get it checked out for you for a small fee. I remember the frequent visits I made to Germany to visit my late grandparents. Behind the home they used to live at is a forest with walking trails, and in one section of it there are a few information panels identifying the local mushrooms in German, along with its universal Latin binomial name, informing you if they are tasty, not tasty, slightly poisonous, poisonous if eaten raw, quite poisonous, and very poisonous. Some of the German names for the toxic mushrooms are blatantly obvious, such as the Satanspilz or Satan's mushroom. But the most toxic, the death cap, is curiously known as the Grüne Knollenblätterpilz, with the words sehr giftig, very poisonous, in red underneath. Thankfully, all living things have a universal binomial Latin name ascribed to them to avoid confusion. Now, some mushrooms, many of us are aware, have many hallucinogenic properties those so-called magic mushrooms. The fly agaric mushroom, or otherwise known as Amanita muscaria, is the seminal red with white polka dot mushroom which we are so familiar with in pictures of fairy tales or other children's books. Although this Amanita mushroom is poisonous, 
it is not nearly as deadly as its cousin Phalloides species, the deathcap, which looks decidedly plain and ordinary looking. Very small amounts of fly agaric mushroom have been ingested by natives of Kamchatka, a place in far northeast Russia, for hundreds of years as a mild stimulant and hallucinogen for purposes of recreation and escapism, much like alcohol is for some of us today. Even so, mushrooms have also been used for thousands of years as a source of alternative and preventative medicine. I have an elderly friend who advocates the use of some mushrooms for medicinal reasons, and after a life of researching them as a botanist, has claimed a lot of knowledge and findings about a great many of them as beneficial alternatives to more conventional medicines we may find on the pharmacist's shelf. But do so at your own risk and, and peril, as, like most alternative medicines, they may have not been extensively proven to be beneficial. It is fascinating all the same. To cap off my little story of mushrooms, I must recount one of the oddest culinary moments involving eating an extraordinary large quantity of mushrooms. It was during 1997 in a place called Saumur in France, when I went to a restaurant built into a cave on the banks of the River Loire. The restaurant was called Le Cave aux Moines, if I pronounced that correctly, and I believe it is still in business as of writing. Now, back in 1997, the only items on a menu were mushrooms, snails, and foie gras pâté with freshly baked bread. In fact, the only food items on the menu which were not grown in the caves was the patty and the bread. Well, since then, judging by their website, their menu has expanded to accommodate those who don't like mushrooms and or snails, or otherwise known as escargot. Ironically, I went to this restaurant with my father, who, if you recall earlier, forced me to polish off a plate of stinky overboiled black mushrooms in Chelmsford when I was five or so. The restaurant is literally hewn out of a cliff, as are many abodes along the limestone bluffs around the River Loire, warm in the winter and cool in the summer. One walks into the chiseled-out tunnel leading to a modern glass-encased restaurant in the middle. It was an arresting sight, to say the least. The restaurant was recommended by a local hotel we were staying at, and being avidly curious and despite being warned about the menu in advance, gave it a go. Indeed, the menu offered us was entirely out of mushroom platters, snail platters, mushroom and snail platters, mushroom starters, mushroom entrees, mushroom desserts, which were undoubtedly questionable, except for the foie gras pâté and bread. The menu was limited to the die-hard mushroom fanatics, reminding me, of a Faulty Towers episode in which if you didn't like duck, you rather stuck. The dinner service was a cornucopia of every edible kind of mushroom I can think of. Choosing the mushroom degustation fair, we were presented plate after plate after plate of mushrooms of every conceivable shape and colour known to man. Now and again, throughout the dinner service, a dozen or so snails were proudly presented to us on a specially made paddleboard pocketed with 
little craters to hold the critters in. The first half of the dinner was great, but we soon tired and began to feel that we had enough mushrooms for the entire year. In fact, my father pledged that he wouldn't touch another mushroom for several months. Now, whether it was coincidence or not, we both experienced very odd dreams for several days. Perhaps all mushrooms, regardless if they are deemed edible or not, have varying degrees of chemical substances which affect the brain in psychedelic ways. Who knows? So there endeth my story on the mushroom.